And now I'd like to hand the show over to the lovely Tanya Gaw, the founder and leader of Action for Canada. I can't believe that we're quickly approaching Christmas and nearing the end of another year. Uh, although times are tough, I think we still have much to celebrate. So thanks for that great introduction. I can't wait to find out who the winner is of that ugly sweater contest. We will be emailing out an Action for Canada year in review, so be sure to check it out. If you haven't already joined Action for Canada, make sure that you do so that you receive our weekly information and updates. You will be encouraged by the wins and amazed at how many programs, campaigns, and resources Action for Canada has provided Canadians with a commitment to continuing our good work in 2024 with many more wins anticipated. There's lots going on in the background. <laughs> but tonight, we thank you for joining us for our annual Christmas service as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. I received the Turning Point Daily Devotionals with Pastor David Jeremiah, and he wrote the following message about how the heavens rejoiced and the angels cheered at the birth of our Savior. Pastor Jeremiah wrote, For Jesus wasn't born by accident. He entered this world at a preordained moment to fill an eternally planned strategy for redeeming the human race. What a birthday celebration that must have been. We are taught that Christmas is the celebration of the moment the eternal God entered into humanity through the womb of a virgin. History's greatest miracle of conception and birth. The reason Christmas captured our attention is that we have the sense that God himself is being born, born so that we may be born again in him. In light of these teachings, how can we also not rejoice and focus on that joy that appeared that first Christmas night? We understand here at Action for Canada that Christmas can be a difficult time for many people who are struggling with family relationships and especially loneliness. But we want you to know that Action for Canada is building communities across the nation so that you will be able to develop new friendships and be part of a growing ministry that is focused on exposing, exposing and conquering evil and on restoring Canada's foundation that is built on biblical principles. There is no other system of governance in the world that provides their citizens freedom and democracy other than those that embrace Christianity and uphold its doctrine. We pray that you will be blessed this evening as we sing and laugh and worship together. I'd like to now bring on Dan, our national pastor, chapter, our pastoral lead and chapter leader. <laughs> Hi, Dan. That's great. Hi, Tanya. It's so good to be with you. And here we are coast to coast, almost 6,000 kilometers away. And so thankful for technology that we can do this. Yeah, that's quite amazing. You know, I, I think about as we were preparing for this uh, Christmas service celebration, a lot of people don't have the opportunity to go to church. They, their churches either closed down during COVID or their pastors, uh, you know, are, are not awake and actually uh, warning their flock of all of the bad things that are going on. And so this may be the only uh, opportunity to enjoy a Christmas service. So we're really excited about being able to do this tonight. And we hope the message will resonate with people and we'll have a little bit of pump fun while we do it. That's right. And we do have a great service lined up. But first of all, I want to say thank you to you, Tanya. Um, I know you like to say you're not the boss, but you are a great boss to work for and to work with. And we have an incredible team uh, that's even making this this uh, this service uh, 
uh, available tonight and possible. And we're going to you're going to get to meet some of them later on tonight in the in the program. <clears throat> and so uh, we have a lot of uh, different things planned for you tonight. We're going to have some videos, uh, songs with the words. And so if you're at home tonight, I want to encourage you if you know the songs. Well, even if you don't, you should know the songs. They're, they're popular Christmas songs. When the words come on, my challenge to you is to sing your heart out. If you're in the living room. If you're adults, you may even have teenagers at home. Go ahead and belt out the, the tunes. This is a time of celebration. And like Tanya was saying, this is a time where we remember Jesus Christ's birth. <clears throat> and we know that he may not have been born, you know, even in December or December 25th, but that's okay. We're taking this day to celebrate his birth, and it's his birthday. And so we want just to, to be able to celebrate that together. All right, so um, we're just going to... Go on now, and uh, we've already introduced the the ugly sweater. I don't know. One of those sweaters looked kind of nice to me. Um, I, I have no problem wearing it, some of those sweaters myself, you know, <laughs> make a few heads turn. But uh, anyhow, so we would just like to go ahead and introduce uh, the, our first Christmas song tonight. It's called The Christmas Hallelujah. It's actually a video, and it's very touching. So as Terenzio cues it up, I encourage you just to watch it and listen and hear and watch the incredible story of God sending his son, Jesus Christ, to be born a savior for us. I've heard about this baby boy who's come to earth to bring us joy and I just want to sing this song to you. like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift. With every breath I'm singing hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
shone bright up in the east to Bethlehem. The wise men three came many miles and journey long for you. And to the place at which you were there, frankincense and gold and song that is. Trust that really moved you. Well, we have a very special guest tonight that's going to bring us a message. Our theme for this uh, Christmas season is finding peace on earth. And if you know anything what's going on in the world right now, there isn't much peace on this planet at all. But you know, it is possible to find peace and you can have peace in your heart. So I'm going to introduce you a dear friend of mine, Pastor Bill Leg. And um, as Pastor Bill Lake comes on here, I'm going to need to tell you a few things about him. I'm going to promise you I did not call him and say, Bill, what are you wearing tonight? <laughs> and so here we are, our dress almost the same. But um, so Pastor Bill married his, uh, his dear, lovely wife, Rosette, since 1980. They have three children, uh, two of whom I have the pleasure of knowing, uh, and five grandchildren. And uh, Pastor Bill has quite a, a pastoring legacy. He, he started off pastoring in the historic village of Lewisburg here in Nova Scotia. Then went on to pastor in Moncton, New Brunswick. He pastored a place uh, called Lemon in South Dakota. Um, sounds like a very interesting place. But then he pastored in Connersville, Indiana. Boy, he's got stories to tell about that. They made a movie, actually, about pastoring in Connersville, Indiana, where they actually tried to kill a pastor there. And uh, he pastored like right around that time. Then he went up to pastor in Chicago, Illinois. And now he's pastoring our home church here in uh, in Sydney, Nova Scotia, a dear friend of ours. So Pastor Bill, we look forward to having you share 
on how we can find peace on earth in this day and age. So welcome to Action for Canada's Empower Hour. God bless you. So glad to be here. Real honor to uh, share with you tonight. And we thank Tanya for all she has done and all you folk that support her and work for her. It's a real wonderful, wonderful cause. We, we thank God for it. It's making a difference. Our nation needs this kind of thing. And uh, it's so, so valuable, so important. We appreciate Dan also and his dear wife, Melanie. Uh, Dan's a great representative for Action for Canada in our area. And uh, so uh, we're just very thankful, very thankful for him. Thank, and thanks for this opportunity tonight. We couldn't be talking about a more important subject than uh, finding peace on earth. We're living in, in quite a day, uh, quite a time in history. And uh, uh, my text I'm going to use tonight is found in Isaiah 9 and verse 6. It says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. I want us to pray. Father in heaven, we love you, and we are so grateful for this opportunity tonight. We pray that you would take your awesome, powerful, unfailing word, and Lord, cause it to bear fruit in the lives of people. Let it be transformative tonight, we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. 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 So how can we find peace on earth? How can something like that be possible? How can we find peace in this age that we're living in? One writer called it the age of worry. The age of worry. Wrote a great song, actually, called The Age of Worry. This is a problem, a difficult problem that we have. This seems to be magnified in the hour in which we're living, the day of this age of fear, turmoil, chaos, uncertainty about the future. It's a big problem. So many people are struggling with fear. I call it the problem of peace. Not that peace is a problem, but the, the idea of getting there, experiencing peace. Uh, ang anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in uh, North America today, affecting over 40 million adults, almost 20% of the population from the age 18 and older. Think of that. That's an incredible stat. Uh, generalized anxiety disorder, 3.1%, uh, 6 million adults uh, struggle with, with that. Um, there is the problem. Um, panic disorder affects 6 million adults. Social anxiety disorder affects 15 million adults, um, men and women, and even starts at the age of 13 years old. Uh, there's specific phobias. 19 million people, men, women, and children as young as seven years old are affected with specific phobias. So, And this is often accompanied by great depression that people go through. Uh, and we've seen uh, an enormous rise in uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Over 7 million people in North America uh, experience that. There are many related illnesses to these things that tag along with anxiety, physical illness. It affects the whole person. Fear affects the whole man and the whole woman. It affects your life in an, an, an amazing way. And I could go on and on. Uh, since the, the pandemic or pandemic, whatever you want to call it, and the lockdowns that affected and increased anxiety in people's, even little children's lives. It was a 
an amazing thing and a terrible, terrible disservice to to this generation that's experienced it. And uh, so um, so this is a, the problem of peace. People are looking for it. They don't know where to get it from. And uh, it's a problem in our society, our culture, with a lack of peace. And the peace problem I'm talking to you about is not just a social or cultural problem. It truly is a spiritual problem, a spiritual problem. And that brings me to the next point. That was the, the, um, the, the idea of the problem of peace. And this next point is the purpose of peace. Purpose is generally found in the meaning of, of the word, uh, the meaning of peace. And we see it in scripture. It's, it's a very rich and powerful uh, meaning. It's full of hope and uh, expectation. And to get the true meaning of, of peace, you need to look at the genuine biblical textual meaning. And peace, which is the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom. Uh, when my wife and I were in Israel in 2017, that's a greeting that's very, very um, normal over there. Shalom uh, that people say to one another. And it's, and it's a powerful, powerful word. The common Western definition is peace, simply the absence of conflict or war. And uh, But in Hebrew, it means so much more. It's so amazing. Shalom. Uh, the root word of shalom is shalom. I had a, we had a friend one time, we first met her. Uh, she made sure she said, no, my name is not Shana, it's Shanna. We always had problems with that. <laughs> so this is like shalom, shalom. Um, but the, the root word of shalom is shalom. And it was first used um, in Exodus 22 and 21. And in these two chapters, it's used 14 different times, 14 different times. Moses in these chapters was giving instruction when someone caused the loss, the material loss to somebody else, whether it was a theft of their property or some item. Um, uh, and when that loss or injury occurs, the owner is considered lacking or not complete. And we just picture the whole world now without God, so many in the world without God. And this is a picture of it. They've been robbed. The Bible says the thief comes not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. And uh, so many folk are like they're um, not complete. They're lacking. And uh, the one responsible was to make it right. That's what Moses was talking about. The translation of Exodus 21 and 22, Shalom, is translated as make it good shall surely pay, he said, make full restitution or restore this, what's lacking in someone's life. And so the ancient Hebrew meaning of shalom was to make something whole, not just in the sense of restoring something stolen, but with an overall sense of fullness, completeness in mind, body, and estate. And the idea of completeness or wholeness carries over into the world word shalom and uh, for, and it means peace to the total man or woman to be complete wholeness nothing missing nothing broken and just consider that for a moment shalom nothing missing nothing broken jesus is the prince of peace and he has been born thank god 
He grew up and lived the most wonderful life ever lived. He died for our sins, suffered and died for our sins, and rose again from the dead, and we are expecting him back. He is the Prince of Peace, and uh, he's the one that can bring peace into our lives. So, uh, so it means the complete wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, to have well-being, to be well, to be in good health, shalom. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So in the meaning, um, in the meaning of the word shalom, um, th there's uh, a powerful part to that, which is also uh, it's addition and subtraction. When God gives us shalom, when we believe in God, when we trust him, he, he not only subtracts from our life, he takes away things that aren't good for us, but he adds things to our lives. And the, one of the greatest things that he adds is this amazing, full sense of completion. This is God's goal and plan for all of our lives. So in the meaning of shalom or peace, we see the purpose for us, for our families, for our homes, for our communities, for our church, for our nation, for our bodies, our physical and spiritual being also. Completeness, soundness, without strife. It is nothing broken, nothing missing. Wholeness, well-being also includes harmony and reconciliation. That's the purpose of peace. Harmony, reconciliation, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. And then there's the person of peace. And we've been talking about him all through this. The person of peace in our text is called the Prince of Peace or the Prince of Shalom. In John 14 and 27, Jesus said something very wonderful. He said, Shalom, I leave with you. My shalom, I give you. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be fearful. Second Thessalonians 3.16, Paul the Apostle reiterates this. He said, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. What a powerful prayer. What a wonderful desire. And that's what they mean when they greet you with shalom. That greeting literally means that God wants to give you his peace here. I'm wishing God's peace, completeness, wholeness upon you. It's a great confession over somebody's life. And Paul reiterates, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. In all times, doesn't matter what you're facing, no matter where you are, in every way. And we find it again in Judges uh, chapter 6 and 24. God appears to Gideon, who was hiding in fear from the enemy, but God called him out to deliver the nation from the opposition and abuse of the enemy, the Midianites. And a powerful story about God's peace, because here he is fearful. The whole nation was terrified, and God spoke a new reality to Gideon. The Lord said to him, peace be with you, mighty man of valor or courage. Imagine God saying that to you, bringing, speaking a new reality into your life. And I believe God wants to do that tonight with people. He wants to speak a new reality into your life, a one of peace, one of shalom, one of absolute completeness and healing. At a time when there was no peace in Israel or in the people's hearts, God came offering relief from their troubles 
with his shalom. Restoration, nothing missing, nothing broken. And we see the story. We see how Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. It's a powerful, powerful truth that we really need to hook onto today in this day with that in which we're living, that God wants nothing, nothing missing, nothing broken in their life. And in the same way Jesus has come, he is the person of peace. Sorry. He is the person of peace. And I have a dog who doesn't have peace right now. <laughs> Someone's coming to get her. Okay. Thank you, Ginger. Um, in the same way, Jesus has come, the person of peace, the prince of peace, to give us peace. Praise God. And we can have peace in this day, in this time. And that brings us to he's the person of peace. But then there's the price of peace. The Bible tells us that peace was paid for for us. The word shalom in that is also referring to restoration or restitution, making full payment for it. And your shalom and my shalom, our peace was purchased and paid in full. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought his peace was on him. And with his wounds, we are healed. Consider that tonight. What a wonderful promise. What a wonderful truth. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews, not only is Jesus the Prince of Peace, Jesus is our Melchizedek. Melchizedek means King of Salem or King of Peace. And tonight, Jesus is not only our Prince of Peace, he is our King of Peace with full authority to release peace into people's lives. And we receive it by faith, by the Word of God. And I'm just going to close with this. Uh, when I was a young pastor, well, when I was a young man, I struggled with fear and anxiety in my life before I came to Jesus. And when he saved me, he changed me so radically. He was so awesome and so kind and so good. He picked me up and gave me a hope and a vision, and he spoke a new reality into my life. And I'm thankful for it tonight. But as I pastored for a number of years and we just built a new church, uh, we were in Moncton, New Brunswick, and we had a kids crusade going on. We just opened a brand new outreach center downtown Moncton called Open Arms. And all of this stuff, I had not been praying the way I should have been praying. I was busy for the Lord, but not seeking the Lord the way I needed to, not in my relationship with him the way I should have been. And I found that uh, anxiety began to overwhelm me. I got burnt out as a, as a young pastor. And uh, I went through about two months of, of just holding on to the promises of God. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will help you. I will uphold you. I will bless you and heal you. And so I hung on to that. And uh, I would walk over into the church come off the uh, pulpit, and I felt a cloud would come over me. I would just look to God, and I kept holding on to his promises, and the Lord just totally just freed me from it. I just, that thing never, ever came back again. Anytime it tried to, any fear or anxiety, I quote and stand upon the word, the wonderful promises of God. 
And at any time, if you're being attacked right now, even by uh, anxiety or fear, uh, some sort of phobia, the word of God is the solution. The answer to the God's promise. He has given us his shalom, his peace. Nothing broken, nothing missing. It's completeness and healing for our lives. And I just pray today that if you're out here and you're struggling with any kind of anxiety or fear, it's Jesus who gives it to us. You can't have it without him. You can't experience it without him. He is the peace that we need today. He's the peace that our society needs today. He's the peace that our world needs today. And anyone else trying to fill other with other areas of their life with anything else will not work. He is the answer because it's a supernatural event that happens in our lives when we receive Jesus, when we give our hearts to him. And I want to pray with you tonight. If you'd let me pray with you and if you're needing peace at this time of year, Peace is real, and it's provided by Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Prince of peace. He is the Lord of lords. And you can open your heart and receive it tonight. By faith, he'll come in. Stand on his word of God, uh, on his word for your life, and watch what will happen in and through your life. Let me pray with you. Father, I'm so honored to be here tonight. And with this little message, Lord, of your awesome truth that Jesus came as the Prince of Peace. That's what we're celebrating. And he brings his peace, his wholeness, his completeness in our lives. Even, uh, Lord, with the tremendous burden some people are carrying tonight with fear and anxiety. Lord, you came to remove that from our lives. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Lord, we declare that over this audience tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, let your peace reign, we pray. Amen. Amen. Dan. Wow, Pastor Bill, thank you so much for that encouraging word. And truly that peace that passes all understanding when we're going through the trials of life, we can find in Jesus Christ. What an encouraging word. Thank you. So Pastor Bill and I are going to have a discussion here in just a little bit on uh, how we can truly know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. But uh, before we go to our next song, we're going to bring our lovely Heather in for our ugly sweater contest. And we're going to go ahead and uh, open up some polls. That's right, Dan. We're now ready to launch the ugly, ugly sweater poll. So we'll show you the slides once again so you can make your decision and cast your vote. So slide number one, slide number two, and slide number three. So the poll should be on your Zoom screen. You can cast your vote. And in the meantime, I would like to invite you to sing along with this precious girl as she sings Away in a Manger.
Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and fit us for heaven to live with thee. lovely voice that young lady has. So we have a fella that some of you may remember that's uh, been with us for a little while, a little bit on and off. And uh, he didn't get the memo to dress like Pastor Bill and I tonight, <laughs> but we're going to let him be on the show tonight on the service anyhow. And uh, many of you would remember Ron Rewald. He's been involved in uh, some of our different departments here with Action for Canada. So Ron is going to read us a story tonight, and we're looking forward to it. So welcome, Ron. Welcome back. Good to have you, brother. Oh, man. It's so good to be back, and uh, I'm, I'm just uh, happy to be with you guys. I've got a story to read, and I'm going to get right into it. It's got a tremendous message uh, and challenge young and old. So I'm going to share that with you. And without further ado, let's get right into Papa Panoff, A Christmas Story. A long time ago, almost too long ago to remember, there lived an old shoemaker. His home was far away, almost too far to imagine, in a small Russian village. His name was Panoff. But nobody called him Panoff, or even Shoemaker Panoff. Wherever he went in the village, he was known as Papa Panoff. Papa Panoff was not very rich. All he owned in the world was one small room looking out onto the village street. And in that one room, he lived and slept and made shoes. But neither was he very poor. He had all his shoemaking tools, a cast iron stove to cook his food and warm his hands on, a great wicker chair where he sat, a good firm bed with a patchwork quilt and a little oil lamp to see by when evening crept in. And there were so many people who wanted new shoes, either made or patched. Papa Panoff always had enough money to buy bread for the bakers, coffee from the grocers, and cabbage to make soup for his dinner. So Papa Panoff was quite happy most of the time. Most of the time his eyes would sparkle through his little round spectacles and he would sing and whistle and shout a cheery greeting to people passing by. But on this particular day, it was different. Papa Panoff stood sadly in the window of his little shop and thought of his wife, who had died many years before, and of his sons and daughters, who had all grown up and gone away. It was Christmas Eve, and everybody else was at home with their families. 
Oh, dear, said Papa Ponoff, pulling at his long gray mustache and shaking his head slowly from side to side. Oh, dear. And there was no one to bring back the sparkle behind his little round spectacles. Papa Ponoff sighed, a great sigh. Then he slowly lit his oil lamp, went to a high shelf, and lifted down an old brown book. He dusted some scraps of leather off the bench, set a pot of coffee on the stove, sat down in his great wicker chair, and began to read. Now, Papa Ponoff had never been to school and could not read very well. So as he went, he ran his fingers along the lines, saying the words out loud. This was the story of Christmas. He read how a little boy Jesus was born, not in a good warm house, but in a cow shed, because there wasn't any room at the inn where his father and mother had asked to stay the night. Oh dear, said Papa Ponoff, pulling at his long mustache, if they had come here, they could have slept on my bed, and I would have covered the little boy with my patchwork quilt. I should like some company and a little child to play with. Papa Ponoff got up and poked the stove. It was becoming quite foggy outside. So he turned up the lamp. He read how the rich men traveled across the desert to bring wonderful presents for the little boy Jesus, presents of gold and sweet-smelling spices. Oh dear, sighed Papa Ponov, if Jesus came here, I shouldn't have anything to give him. Then he smiled and his eyes sparkled behind his little round spectacles. He got up from the table and went over to the high shelf on it was a dusty box with string. He opened the box and unwrapped a pair of tiny shoes. Papa Hanoff held one small shoe in each hand and stood very still. They were the best shoes he had ever made. He put them lovingly away in their box and lowered his old limbs back into the great wicker chair. That's what I would have given him. He murmured, he sighed a deep sigh and turned his attention to the book once more. Now, whether it was the warmth of the room or whether it was because it was getting late, who can say? But it wasn't long before Papa Ponov's bony little finger slipped from the page, his little round spectacles slipped from his nose and he fell sound asleep. Outside, the fog grew thicker. Dim figures glided past the window, but the old shoemaker slumbered on, snoring gently. Suddenly, Papa, Papa Panov, said a voice in the room. The old man jumped. His gray mustache quivered. Who is it? He cried, looking about. He could see so little without his spectacles, and there seemed to be no one there. Papa Panov, said the voice again, you wished that you had seen me, that I had come to your little shop, and that you could bring me a gift 
Look out into the street from dawn to dusk tomorrow, and I will be coming. Be sure you recognize me, for I shall not say who I am. Then all was quiet. Papa Pana sat up with a start and rubbed his eyes. The charcoal in the stove had burned low, and the lamp had gone out altogether. But outside, bells were ringing everywhere. Christmas had come. It was him, said the old man to himself. That was Jesus. He pulled at his mustache thoughtfully. Perhaps it was a dream. No matter. I will watch and hope that he will visit me on Christmas Day. How should I know him? He was not always a little boy. He grew to be a man, king. He said he was God himself. The old man shook his head. Oh dear, he said, I shall have to look very carefully. Papa Panoff did not go to sleep that night. Instead, he sat in his wicker chair facing the window and kept watch for the first person to pass that way. Little by little, the sun's rays crept up over the hill and began to brighten the long cobbled street outside. Nobody was coming yet. I'll just make a nice pot of coffee for my Christmas breakfast, Papa Panov said to himself cheerfully. But I'll keep an eye on the window all the while. I hope he will come today. At last, there was someone. A figure came into view at the far end of the winding road. Papa Panov rest his face to the frosty glass. He was very excited. Perhaps this was Jesus coming to see him. Then he stepped back disappointed. The figure was coming closer, trudging slowly up the street. Papa Panov knew who it was. The old road sweeper who came each week with his barrow and broom. Papa Panov felt cross. He had better things to do than to watch out for an old road sweeper. He was waiting for God. For the King Jesus. He turned away from the window impatiently and waited until he thought the old fellow had passed by. But then he turned back. The road sweeper was there on the other side of the road, opposite his shop. He set down his barrel and was rubbing his hands together and stamping his feet. Papa Pana felt sorry, but poor road sweeper did look very cold, and imagine having to work on Christmas Day. Papa Panov opened the door of the little shop. Hey, he called from the doorway. Hey, old chap. The road sweeper looked around anxiously. People were often very rude to him because of his job, but Papa Panov was smiling. How about a cup of coffee, he called. You look frozen to the bone. Don't mind if I do, he said, shuffling into the tiny shop. It's very kind of you, very kind. Papa poured out a mug of coffee from the jug on the stove. It's the least I can do, he said over his shoulder. After all, it's Christmas. Papa Panoff returned.
to his place at the window and gazed up and down the street. You expecting visitors? asked the old road sweeper. Not in the way, am I? Abapanov shook his head. I, well, have you heard of Jesus? The son of God? asked the old man. He's coming today, replied Abapanov. The road sweeper looked at him in astonishment. So Papapanov told him the whole story. So that's why I'm watching out for him, he finished at last. The road sweeper set down his mug, shook his head slowly, and made for the door. Well, the best of luck, he said, and thanks for the coffee. For the first time, the road sweeper smiled. Then he hurried off into the street, collecting his broom as he went. Papa Panoff stood at the open doorway and looked up and down the street. The winter sun was shining brightly, and its rays gave off a warmth, which was melting the frost on the window and the slippery ice on the cobblestones. People were beginning to stir. Families in smart-looking clothes hurried off on their way to visit relatives. They nodded and smiled at Papa Panov as he stood on the threshold of a shop. Merry Christmas, Papa Panov, they called. The old shoemaker nodded and smiled back, but he did not stop them. He knew them all by name. He was waiting for someone else. He was just about to shut the door and go inside when something caught his eye. Stumbling along the shadows close to the wall, was a young woman carrying a baby. She was very thin. Her face was tired and her clothes were shabby. Abba Panov watched her. Suddenly he called out, Hello, why don't you come in and warm yourself? She looked up startled and made as if to run away. But then she saw the shoemaker's eyes sparkling behind his spectacles. You're very kind, she said. As he stood aside for her to enter his little shop, Papa Panov shrugged. No, not really, he said. You just look so cold. Have you got far to go? To the next village, she replied, about four miles. I used to lodge down at the mill, but I have no money left to pay the rent, so I must go and ask my cousin to take me in. I have no husband, you see. The woman went inside and stood by the stove. Papa took the baby in his arms. Will you share some bread and soup with me, he asked. But the woman shook her head proudly. Well, how about some milk for the child then, he said. I'll heat some on the stove, don't worry. His eyes sparkled. I've had children of my own. The children chuckled. The child chuckled and kicked his feet happily. Oh dear, said Papa, shaking his head. The poor mite has no shoes. I've none to give him, said the young woman. As Papa sat feeding the little boy, a thought came into his mind. He pushed it away, but it came back. The box from his high shelf, the pair of tiny shoes he made so long ago, they might fit the baby. So Papa Panov got them down from the shelf and tried them on the child's feet. 
they fit exactly. There, you can have these, he said softly. The young woman was overjoyed. How can I thank you, she cried. But Papa Panoff didn't hear. He was looking anxiously out the window. Had Jesus gone by while he was feeding the child? Something the matter, asked the young woman. Have you heard of Jesus who was born at Christmas, replied the old shoemaker. The girl nodded. He's coming today, said Papa Panoff. He promised. And he told her all about the dream. The young woman listened until he had finished. She patted the old shoemaker's hand kindly. Well, I hope your dream comes true, she said. You deserve it for being so good to me and my baby. And with that, she went on her way. Papa Panov closed the door behind her. And after boiling a big dish of cabbage soup for his dinner, took his place at the window once again. Hours ticked by and people came and went. Papa Panov looked closely at everyone who passed. But Jesus had not come. Then he began to be afraid. Perhaps Jesus had come and he had not recognized him. Perhaps he had passed by quickly when Papa Panov had turned away just for a second to poke the fire or boil the soup. The old shoemaker could sit still no longer. He went to the door of the little shop for one last look. All sorts of people came by, children and old men, beggars and grannies, cheerful people and grumpy people. To some he gave a smile, to some a nod, and to the beggars a coin or a hunk of bread. But Jesus did not come. As dusk fell and the great December fog began creeping in again, the old shoemaker sadly lit his oil lamp and sat down wearily in the great wicker chair. He took out his book to read, but his heart was too heavy and his eyes were too tired to make out the words on the page. It was only a dream after all, he said to himself sadly. I wanted to believe it so much. I wanted him to come. And two great tears welled up behind his spectacles and filled his eyes so that he could hardly see. At once it seemed as if there was someone in the room. Through his tears, Papa seemed to see a long line of people passing the little shop. The road sweeper was there, and the woman with her child, all the people he had seen and spoken to that day. And as they passed, they whispered one by one, Didn't you see me? Didn't you see me, Papa Panov? Who are you? cried the old shoemaker, struggling out of his chair. Who are you? Tell me. And there came the same voice as the night before. Though where it came from, Papa Panov could not have said, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me water. I was cold and you took me in. These people you have helped today, all the time you were helping them, you are helping me. Then everything was quiet. The tears dried up in the old man's eyes. The old shoemaker shook his head from side to side thoughtfully. Then he smiled 
and the sparkle came back behind his little round spectacles. Oh dear, said Papa Pana, slowly pulling at his gray mustache. So he came after all. I just want to thank Ron. That is, you know, one of the, one of the things as we're getting ready to put this uh, Christmas service together is, as I had mentioned earlier, it's not like a lot of people may not have a church to go to. This may be the only service that uh, they can attend. And it is our best uh, it, from the Hallelujah song, which just is amazing. I, I picture being in church and having a little bit of a performance, the play and then the young girl singing the song, and then a time of storytelling. And I just think this is such a rich part of Christmas. And so, Ron, thank you for that. And, you know, that uh, the, the moral of the story and uh, what comes out of it is that Jesus is in everything that we do. A lot of times we'll see, sometimes it says we don't know for entertaining angels, right? And so are we feeding people? Are we showing kindness? and so many other things that we personally can do as well uh, to give the love of Jesus to somebody else. Amen. Yeah. Thank it's you. a great message. Very timely for this season. Thanks so much, okay, Ron. So we appreciate you. We love you. So on with the sweater contest, who's, who's the ugliest of them all? Are we going to bring Heather on? Dan? Yes, let's that... bring Heather on. Drum okay. roll. <laughs> Thank you. And I am so pleased to be able to announce the winner of the 2023 Ugly Sweater Contest. The winner is slide number three. And I want to give congratulations to all three finalists and thank you for your participation. And now back to the show. All right. All right. Thanks so, so much, Heather. So number three, actually, Heather, can you come back on for a moment? I know that was number three, but uh, what was the results for first and second place? Are we able to show those as well? Is that possible? Yeah, so the se second place was sweater number or slide number two. Danielle. And third place was slide number one. Yay! Well, thank you everybody for participating in our ugly sweater contest. I know Danielle, I'm going to be seeing her in a couple of days. Maybe I'll bring her a uh, prize personally. <laughs> oh, that's good. That was fun. Thanks, Heather, for overseeing that. Okay, Dan, back to you. All right. Well, uh, angels, we have heard on high. So if you know the song, sing your heart out wherever you are and uh, make a joyful noise. So let's have our next video song.
interview with Pastor Bill. And um, a lot of times people ask the question, you know, can we really find peace on earth? How do we know that Jesus really is the one that really offers true peace? There's so many world religions today. There are so many people looking for true peace. So many people looking for real peace, lasting peace. You know, and people try different things. Right. And so Pastor Bill and I were talking about this in the last couple of weeks. And uh, so I thought I would uh, kind of be the person that's really looking to see if I can find real peace and get some answers from Pastor Bill. So, you know, we kind of drilled in this a little bit. And uh, so, Pastor Bill, I'm going to ask you, how do we know for sure that Jesus is the one that really gives us peace? What would you say to somebody asking that question? I would say that, um, number one, he's a historical fact that he existed. And uh, that is just something that's irrefutable. He he did live. He existed. He walked the earth. And then the other part is, but is he who he said he was? And uh, there's so many prophetic words. We have to look to the Old Testament to see all the, I think there's over 60 prophecies about his first coming. And uh, that he would be the son of Abraham, that he would be the son of Isaac, that he'd be the son of David, that he would be born of a virgin Mary. And um, so there's so many prophecies that he fulfilled. Just the very one in uh, Genesis 3 and 15, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between her seed and your seed. And that was fulfilled, of course. God sent forth his son, made of a woman, um, uh, made under the law. And it says that God born under the law to redeem those who are under the law so he might have the adoption of sons. And so there's so many prophecies that were fulfilled. So just looking at them and someone say, well, what's the chances? I mean, just the chances of fulfilling even eight of the 60 some odd prophecies. What would how could that possibly happen? What would be the the um, the um, stakes on that? What would be the percentage of him fulfilling even just eight of those prophecies being fulfilled. And it's an amazing thing to consider. And uh, Dan and I talked about this 
if you looked at the landmass of Alberta, is about 256,000 square miles, 600, about 670,000 square kilometers. It would take literally to put um, on that landmass four and a half feet deep of silver dollars or loonies, whatever kind of uh, one you want to use, but it would be filling that whole mass of land. The province of Alberta, four and a half feet high, taking one coin, going up in an airplane and just dropping it in the, in the middle of the whole bunch and then telling a person, you've got one chance to pick a coin and uh, pick it. And so they pick that coin and it's the very one you dropped out of the plane. And uh, that would be the very the same chance of Jesus fulfilling these prophecies. So it's a miracle in itself that these prophecies were fulfilled. He is the Messiah. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the answer that people need today. And uh, Dan? Well, that's great. You know, Pastor Bill, there, there is a prophecy that Messiah would be hung on a tree in the Old Testament. This is before crucifixion was even invented. Wow. I mean, you know, what are the chances of that? Now, I want to take this a step further. Uh, there's a book that I have here by Josh McDowell, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, that talks about the the chances or the percentages of of one man fulfilling all of these prophecies. And he takes it a step further. Uh, he talks about one man fulfilling, let's say, 48 of the biblical prophecies in the Old Testament. And he talks about the fact that the electron is the, the smallest thing that we have on Earth. And he says, so for one person to fulfill, say, 48 of the 64 or 65 Old Testament prophecies of Messiah's coming, okay, are one in 10 to the 157th power. Mm. Now, let me put that in perspective, okay? If you were to take that many electrons and stretch them out in a line, they would fill an inch. Now, that mm. doesn't seem like very long. But electrons are so small. Let me put that into perspective. If you were to count that many electrons, 250 of them per minute, do you know how long that would take you? How long, Dan? <laughs> that would take you 19 million years. Wow, isn't that something? But that's not the sum of it. <clears throat> One uh, in 10 to the 157th power would, would have to take an inch cube. So that would take you 19 million years times 19 million years times 19 million years of counting electrons. Now, Pastor Bill, you're not going to be around that long, and neither am I to count that many electrons. That's for one person fulfilling 48 of, of those 64 or 65 prophecies, and Jesus fulfilled them all. Now, the other thing is, there's over 300 prophecies about Christ in the Old Testament, right? There's prophecies of him coming back. That's right. And so people really wonder, can I really find peace on earth? And the answer is, you know, he said who he said he was, and he, he proved it. And I mean, you know, the Bible talks about that he would, he would raise from the dead. It talks about where he would be born. I mean, you didn't choose where you'd be born. I didn't choose who would be born. I didn't choose who my, who my uh, 
my ancestors would be. Uh, I didn't choose that I'd born like in a hospital or a manger. Uh, I would didn't choose that I'd have a predecessor or what they would call me. He fulfilled all of them. And so if you're wondering tonight, can I really find peace on earth? Yes, you can. In spite of the fact that some of you may live in poverty or heartache or in a war-torn place, you can only find peace through a person. And that's by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. Amen. You can bank right on that. He is the reason for the season. A quadrillion to one. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, Pastor Bill, just in closing this conversation, you found peace in your life. I know your story, but take just a few moments to tell us, how did you find peace in your life through Jesus Christ? Well, I was a young man of just 18 years old or 19 years old. I'd already been involved in the group in the 70s, of course, 60s and 70s. Um, got into music. I was playing drums in a band and had dreams of being a rock star and all this stuff. And uh, I had so many, a number of uh, bad um, experiences on drugs, bad trips, you might call them. And and uh, my mom and dad were very, very concerned for me. So they moved from Sydney, actually. It's not that far, but back then there was no, it seemed like it was further, to a little fishing village called Lewisburg. They moved us out here and thought it would help me uh, sort of get me away from the crowd I was with. And and uh, although that didn't help, but God had a purpose in it. God had a, it's amazing how he orchestrates things. And uh, I only knew one person in this little town of Lewisburg. I met at one of our rehearsals. It was a girl, her name was Rosette. And uh, so when we moved in, I, um, after we finished moving, I went down the street, walked down the road a bit. And uh, who was out throwing a ball to her dog, her golden retriever, but, but was Rosette. And she saw me, recognized me. Hey, Billy, she said. And and we started walking and talking. And that night, I was so obvious. I had hair way down to my backside. And I used to wear an old denim jacket with patches all over my jeans. And I'd have a, a smoke Colombian chief on the back of my <laughs> on the back of my jacket. Anyway, she, I was kind of in a mess. And she said to me, you know, you need to be saved. She was the funeral director's daughter. And I couldn't get that word saved out of my out of my head, you know, she and uh, about two weeks later, uh, the lead guitar player had had an experience. A tourist going through town had led him to the Lord. I was telling him what my wife, Rosette, well, my future wife, Rosette, would told me about being saved. And I was just puzzled by saved. What do you mean saved? And uh, he said, I know what saved is. I, I, I gave my heart to the Lord. I would come in my house. It was about three or four in the morning. We went into his house, stood in the kitchen. He said, would you like to be saved? I said, yes, I would. And he quoted a scripture to me out of John's gospel. If any man comes to me, I will in no wise cast him out. And when he said that, now I was on LSD at the time when he said this to me. When he said that, I I, I just knew what it meant. It just, I, just the revelation of it. God, in his mercy, just gave me revelation that it meant God loved me, that Jesus died for me, that I just believed it. And I said, yes, I want to be saved. And he said, pray this prayer with me, and you're going to just have this great feeling. 
I went, okay. And I prayed this simple little prayer, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I repeat that. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and save me and give me eternal life. And I prayed the prayer with him and I didn't feel a thing. I said, I don't feel anything. And I said, maybe it's the drugs because Rosette told me that drugs was wrong and God wouldn't be pleased with it. And he went, I'm going to go to bed. You can have the couch. I laid on the couch for about, I don't know how long it was. And I kept praying that prayer over and over and over. And suddenly, I had a suddenly moment. The spirit of God, the spirit of Christ came in my life. I just jumped up off of that couch and knew I was saved. And and uh, he came running down the stairs. I said, Bobby, I'm leaving all this and I'm going home. And I got home and uh, God began to change my life radically, radically, and uh, began to follow him. And uh, my mom came to the Lord also, and my eventually my dad and my um, Rosette, I went off, ended up going to Bible college. Rosette came to the Lord really and seriously, and uh, we got married and have spent now 40 some odd years in ministry, and Jesus did it, but he brought his peace. I was a young man without peace, full of fear, full of anxiety, and he brought his peace into my life. It's a miracle of God. It's a supernatural event, giving him, giving us his shalom, his peace, nothing broken, nothing missing. That's what Jesus will do in our lives. He will heal us, and he will give us peace. Amen. Thank you so much for that. I mean, if we had all kinds of time, we could talk about the joy that God gives us in spite of mm. our circumstances and fullness of heart. So, but thank you so much for that, Pastor Bill. So encouraging to hear this time of year. So, okay, so we're going to uh, go to another song, another video tonight, and it's one that will touch your heart as well. Oh, holy night. So again, you know the words, sing a, sing along and just let it touch your heart tonight. Thank you, Father. Long way the world in sea. 
I, I absolutely, I love that. I hope all of you guys are singing at home. I hope that some of you have family. If you're not, if you're all alone like me, <laughs> uh, you're letting it rip because um, it is only through that silent night, that holy night that we receive the salvation. And Pastor Bill's testimony, I think is just, I'm glad, Dan, that you took it a step further to hear Pastor Bill's testimony, because there's many people that are going to be hearing this. And um, in my opening, I talked about how many people are, are going into Christmas with broken relationships with family, trying to navigate through those times. There's so much loneliness going on, so much division for people. And there are those that have been leading a life that has been very much separated from God. And a lot of times I'll talk to people and they say, like, how could God love me? I, I've, you know, done so many things in my life that, uh, you know, were outside of that kind of a living. But God promises that when we ask him in, he's going to wipe our sins and make us white as snow. I don't know all the details of <laughs> Pastor Bill or not, but, you know, the path that he was going down is that God got a hold of him and he loves each one of us so much that he gives us all an opportunity to choose him. So if you're lonely tonight, if you're feeling desperate, get involved in a church, reach out to Action for Canada team members. And, you know, we're here for relationship. We're here for community. You do not have to be alone. There are options for you. And um, anyways, Dan, over, over to you on that. Yeah, and Tanya, you know, Action for Canada's motto is protecting faith, family, and freedom. And that's what we have endeavored to do for this last year is build up strong families and uh, protecting your, your freedom as well in doing so. And the fact that Jesus Christ came into the world to bring freedom to the oppressed and freedom to those that were bound by sin. And this may all be new to you. This may all be a strange language to you. But, you know, if you have a heaviness in your heart and you've really been seeking for something and you're here tonight watching this program and this service, this may just be exactly the lights may be coming on thinking this is what I've been looking for. And, you know, you realize Christmas is not about uh, the trees or Santa or whatever. There's more to it. There's more depth to it than that. And with the state of the world that it's in, you're looking for answers. And I just want to encourage you. You know, if you don't have a Bible, uh, get one somewhere. You know, I was in um, Value Village the other day. There was all kinds of them there just for like a couple of bucks. Or, you know, you can just maybe get a, uh, you know, in our home here, we probably have 20. Find somebody that can get you one and just start reading it. And if you have a hard time understanding it, just simply pray, dear God, help me understand your word. It's your word. And God will help you understand his word. And, you know, God gave us the greatest gift ever the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, his son. You may not understand everything, but God will reveal himself to those who seek him. So that is our gift to you, just to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we love you. And uh, so we just wanted to be a part of your, your life this time of year. And uh, we have a great team here at Action for Canada. And I'm just so thankful that we were able to do this for you. And we're grateful for you uh, for being with us every Wednesday on the Empower Hour and some of the other parent webinars that we've done, the youth ministry we've done, the, the marriage seminars that we've done, and all kinds of the other things, some of the other channels we do, the Prepper Dan videos, and all kinds of other things that we do. You come, and you soak it all in, and we love doing it with you and for you, and we so appreciate each and every one of you. So we're going to go to one more song. Uh, it's a very catchy one. We wish you a Merry Christmas. 
And then the whole team is going to come together to wish you a Merry Christmas. But just before we do, again, I, I started with this. I just want to say thank you so much, Dania, for all of the hard work you do. On behalf of all Canadians, we don't say it enough, but we value you so much and we appreciate you. And I know you work tirelessly, you work hard. And uh, I'm glad that we're not going to have an Empower Hour for two weeks because you need a break. You deserve a break. If we can give you a plane ticket to go anywhere, I, I don't know that you'd actually go anywhere because I know you like to be around home and do stuff, but take a break. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're going to try to not call you or do anything, <laughs> you, but take a break. Well, and as Canadians, I hope Canadians could just express their love to you. Thank you, Dan. And, you know, I just, before we close off with this as well, I want to let people know, I mean, Pastor Bill was vulnerable. He shared his testimony. And, you know, I've talked a lot about family and broken relationships and loneliness and what people are feeling. And none of us are immune from that. And, you know, Dan and I are on the show. Kim, our national chapter leader coordinator, has been on the Empower Hour. And none of our lives are perfect. You know, we've got life happening in the background. We've got brokenness as well but what we've got in common is is that we've received jesus as lord and savior and you know dan you mentioned about christmas not being about the christmas tree and certainly not about santa claus but it is become about consumerism christmas has been hijacked from the true meaning and uh what's happening is not klaus schwab's kind of great reset but we are having a great reset and it's people starting to look at uh, their values what are their core values and you know what maybe right now in this difficult economy buying that boat or that cabin or that holiday aren't really what's an imp what's important it's about a reset about our morals and our ethics our principles and our values in canada and we've departed from god's perfect plan and we've elected people into position right that have not thought about um you know that don't value uh, truly the foundation of this nation, which is on biblical Christian principles, which does set us apart from any other nation. And I've named those repeatedly. And so at this time of year, uh, we've said our battle, it's a spiritual battle of epic proportions. And my prayer going into 2024 is that more people will become aware of that the reason we're struggling in our schools with our kids is because we took God out. The reason we're struggling in government is because we took God out. The reason we're struggling in society is because we've removed God and we've let people come into our nation who hate God, who who serve uh, small G-O-D gods and are disrupting everything that we've been blessed with. So 2024, we're going to go in fighting like crazy. I am going to take a break. I am long overdue, but I'm also going to be strategizing. There's a lot of things that are coming and uh, God is going to work more miracles, but I'm going to call on more people to bend a knee, repent for your participation. And even if that participation was empathy towards where this country was going through the last years. So that's sort of my, my message going forward. I'm as well excited. Trenzio, were we going to read that last scripture? I think I wouldn't mind reading that last scripture right now. Thank you, Terenzio. And a big shout out to Terenzio as well. He's working so hard always in the background. Even when there's technical problems, none of you will know, but we're all panicking. <laughs> no. Anyways, Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God in the peace of God 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so we just want to extend that. That peace only comes through Christ Jesus. If you um, are thinking about, you know, if you have God pressing in on you and you want to receive Jesus or that you're going to um, pray that prayer where you say, God, I'm a sinner and I can't do this alone. I invite you in to be Lord and Savior of my life. He will fill you up. And I just invite you to email us at pastors at actionforcanada.com. And Pastor Dan and our team can reach out to you, pray with you. And I also encourage you to get involved with our chapters. If there's not one in your community, find a church that's preaching the Bible. Um, reason I'm going on a little bit about this is I've had so many people who have advised me that people are actually signing up for euthanasia. And I just felt like talking about that tonight, because if you're one of those people, don't do it. All right, this is, this is murder in the eyes of uh, the Lord. And uh, if you're in that desperate place, there are people that want to come alongside you. So we just encourage you to contact us and we'll do our very best to give you the right kind of assistance, not assistance in suicide, but assistance in life. And so God bless you all. All right, let's bring on that team. <laughs> let's bring on the team from tonight. Well, just before we do that, Tanya, oh. we're gonna have a oh. song before we do that. But what you're I'd like right. to do is just, just have a closing prayer. And then we'll have yes. the song and then we'll bring on the team. So Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Action for Canada. We thank you so much for this incredible team, all of the work that's been accomplished this year. We ask and pray that you will continue to bless and bless abundantly. As we look to strategize for 2024, I pray you give us wisdom and discernment. Lord, for this incredible service we've had tonight, I thank you for Pastor Bill's message, finding peace on earth. And for all of those listeners that are watching live tonight and those that will watch the replay, those that are truly seeking peace, I pray that they will find peace through Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that as we uh, celebrate this Christmas season, Lord, we would realize the incredible gift that God has given to us. It didn't come cheap. And we know that Jesus was born uh, as a baby. But as we saw in the very first video that we played, realistically, Jesus was born to die on a, on a cruel cross as as a uh, as a substitute for our sin. And when we realize the incredible price that he paid for us to live for all of eternity, we can only be thankful for the grace and mercy extended to us. So thank you for this Christmas season. We thank you, Lord, for each and every one that's joined us tonight. We pray your extended blessing into the next year. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we wish you a Merry Christmas, and then we'll bring the team to say Merry Christmas to all.
We've come here to tell you the countdown's begun. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. We hope you'll find friendship and days full of fun. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy wraps up our power hour for the last the end of the year we made it tanya five <laughs> yeah good stuff I'm six thousand kilometers away all right let's bring on the whole team so everyone can and say your merry christmases we love you all thank God you, bless yeah, you merry all. christmas thank merry merry christmas thank you Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah.